Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Merry Christmas. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, it's like Friday Eve Eve. Yeah. Eve Eve. Friday Eve Eve Eve. I don't know. We probably have three shopping days till Christmas, including today. Stores will be open Sunday. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's Christmas Eve. So, a lot so. of those. Hopefully, you're not ads. one of those, but I have been guilty of last minute stuff yeah. in the past. And I mean, I'm not proud of it, but uh, well, actually, why do we get so worked up about it? It's like it's like this huge medal that people say on September 1st or October 1st, my Christmas shopping is done. It's like, at Halloween mm-hmm. and your Christmas shopping is done. Yeah. But, but then they get to sit back and enjoy the season. So yeah. I can see the absolute yeah. benefits of that. So I must have, I was shopping by myself the other day and I mm-hmm. must have had <laughs> so many women looking at me like, oh, look how cute. He's shopping for Christmas by himself. And yeah. I turned to a couple of them and I just said, mind your own business. They didn't say anything. It was just the voices in Jim's head. Right. Um, and it's, he's, uh, we're, by the way, we're both feeling a lot better. Um, yeah. And so oh. I've kind of been doing a lot of the, the different shopping things on Amazon. And so Jim's like, I can't go on to Amazon and order anything because you're going to know exactly what it is that I've That's gotten true. for you. It's so account. it's like it was an understood thing that he didn't go into Amazon to look at what I had ordered mm-hmm. and um, he didn't get to buy from Amazon. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got physically shopping. Yeah. And, but you know what, then you got this, like, isn't that cute? And then that, that's a level of appreciation, gratitude, whatever. Yeah. Um, so just a couple days left and, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be, we, we will be recording for the 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 podcast. The Monday episode is on Christmas day. I think you're not going to want to miss that one. You won't probably watch watch it on Christmas morning, but we would Um, recommend you find. Yeah. And if, if you, if you have not already, a really great place to go and to um, to get like access to all of those is our YouTube channel, um, Jim Rhodes at Octane.group. There's going to be some shifts to just kind of a pre-announcement in um, uh, the Octane group uh, uh, as we Lots as we hit of the, announcements as, the as we hit the first ton. of the year. There's a ton. There really is. So um, we we have several and, things that are initiatives yeah, that are coming. And, and I'm going to say um, Karen Barnett, who is our um, our first, our first ambassador. Um, I told her earlier this week that there were a couple of things that we were going to be talking about. And, um, I just want to let you know that it's probably going to be pushed until next week. So you're telling Karen, yes, I'm telling you're Karen, if Karen you're listening to, okay. there were some announcements that we were, um, no, that I told her we were going to be announcing this week and, um, we're not ready. We've, we've got, we're there. We're yeah, we've there. got some that are going to be ready. They were mm-hmm. almost ready this morning. And so the, you know, we had some final edits, but, um, mm-hmm. I would say that, yeah, look for, yeah, tune in the, these last few episodes of the year here. We got a lot mm-hmm. of stuff to talk about. And by the way, yes. the outpouring from that email that I sent yesterday on those of you who got one, you know, what it most is everybody got one. If I missed you, we'll make sure you mm-hmm. get it. But it's like, it was the outpouring, the response that I received from that. So many people took time to read that and, and, and write a lengthy and, and response reply and send yeah. me a message. And, and, yeah. you know, just so for those who didn't see it, it's a, uh, 
you know, basically on my 60th birthday yesterday, I took a moment to kind of <laughs> reflect and share my perspective on uh-huh. all the stuff and just, you know, it was that. great. It was great. Well, I mean, we, we got up, we, we changed all of our meetings so that Jim could have the day and he's like, I want to write an, a letter to, um, to people in the industry that, that, uh, that are our colleagues and all yeah. of that. And so, um, that was the work for the day. And those of you who follow social media, um, the only thing that Jim asked for, for his birthday, and it was tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was tongue in cheek. So, uh, he asked for a marching band. I said, all, you know, I said, all anything, I want is a marching band. We saw a TV show where they did an over the top birthday. It was birthday actually for, the morning show on Apple television. <laughs> is it Apple TV? The one yeah. with Jennifer Aniston yes. and Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so it was in that birthday. episode, mm-hmm. one of those episodes, they did a big, thing for his birthday and they brought in a marching band and it was just over the top somebody popped out of a cake that kind of thing so i just told michelle after the thing i said look my birthday's coming up anything short of a marching band with a drum major is going to be a disappointment so what you saw in the video yesterday so was if, her, yeah if you haven't seen her it, it just is i I, I used a garbage can and turned it into a hat and um yeah. i was actually um the coat i was wearing was jim's birthday gift because yeah. he um I don't know about you guys that are out there traveling all the time. He had a really nice wool overcoat that got left somewhere. Yeah. We don't, we couldn't Finished. figure out where it was at. So he got a new overcoat. So, yeah. all right, we should probably talk I about suppose, yeah. the thing that we're here to talk about. Yeah. And I think for today we can, you know, we, we set out to talk about we owes and, and I put out the word that we'd love to have some dealers join us and people just kind of being bashful. Well, so Tyler Simmons did say I would join you, but he, I he think said, he was thinking Monday. And so, Monday, and I was like, yeah. can't be Monday because yeah. that's the Christmas day, but actually Friday, but yeah, um, but, yeah, but we we'll, we'll take you up on having you on a show. Oh, really for sure. Soon, Tyler. Tyler, there's tons of stuff coming up. We're going to want you to add to the conversation. So yeah, there'll be opportunities, but yeah, we just, yeah. Uh, in the future, I hope when I put that mm-hmm. stuff out that people, uh, maybe I'll just start emailing people, but I just, I, I mm-hmm. really want to have dealers speak up. And one of the things we're finding is we're over here bootstrapping our company. It's hard for me to find time to chase down all the, <laughs> the potential guests. Yeah. You know? and well, so it's, just, yeah. Cause it's, it's us. So, right now, you know, so, step yeah. forward and let me know that you, we're just, we're just chatting on the morning show. Yeah. All we're doing is talking about the stuff that you guys talk about all the time. So, yeah, absolutely. so come join the conversation some. Absolutely. Uh, so the, the, just so you know, I mean, we, we, we teased a little bit on Wednesday's show. Um, and cause we were talking about how to say no and keep a customer. And um, this this t- subject of we owes, which we kind of brought in a little bit and says post sale repairs. Uh, Jim put out a p- uh, poll mm-hmm. on Wednesday yeah. about um, what people do in regards to we owes and yeah. how many people are doing we owes. And um, predominantly, I mean, we're not going to show you the numbers, but predominantly it was under 25%. Yeah. Most people said, um, yeah. And then there were some that said under 5%. So we have to and explain what the question none. was. The question yeah. was, what percentage of the time do your we owes at the time of delivery have some promise after delivery of something of a mechanical nature, not mm-hmm. come get your plates or, or like, kind of or stuff, like tires or yeah, something like tires that. or yeah. post sale. So, you know, that would be windshield with we owes. I typically, yeah. so maybe let's first break it down mm-hmm. into a we owe would basically address <clears throat> things that we promised at the time of delivery. That'll be done after delivery. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so we can also talk today a little bit about after sale repairs, which are really, doesn't have anything to do with what was promised on the we owe. It just mm-hmm. comes in after. And then you get into this goodwill thing. We won't spend a lot of time there because I'm 90% sure we did a topic on goodwill repairs and um, some time ago. So people mm-hmm. can search that episode and get the details on that one. But, 
But for today, I want to talk about WEOs. And the other reason this came up, we're working with a client now who's really looking to put a lid on the spending. They it had, can be so expensive. In 2023, they spent a ton of money in goodwill repairs, and they have a short-term warranty, and they're still Not all spending. of them were WEOs, but there were a lot. there's a lot also of post-sell repairs. More of that, actually. Yeah. And yeah. so... So there's a lot of procedural things and kind of policy and and really it's about accountability and in, in their case and with a lot of dealers it would be about accountability about mm-hmm. sticking to a practice. Got Isn't that something that. that we talk about all the time? It's like one, you can't measure what you don't can't manage what you, you don't can't measure. manage what you don't measure. Two is it that that you know you can't hold anybody accountable if you don't have something written. Yeah. That's like this is the pot, the internal policy or um, of of what we do, and so you know it's a good idea if you're going to change anything or you really want to to um, dial in yeah. that you write it down and make sure everyone is trained on it. But we're yeah, and then about I think it. you know there's also the matter when you think about the WEO. So so let's think mm-hmm. about what happens. Customers on the lot looking at a car and they say, you know, I like that one. I'll buy that one if you put two tires on it. Those tires in the back mm-hmm. look a little weak. If you put two tires on it, I'll buy it. And in the interest of getting the deal mm-hmm. done, we do the deal today and they come back next week on a, an appointment to get the tires done to go to our tire shop, right? So mm-hmm. there's that. But the question is not just what goes in the documents, but also sometimes it's what is said to the customer verbally. Like it's time be beyond the we owe, you sit down and you sign your warranty documents, your buyer's guide. It's maybe the contract is as is, maybe the contract is with a short-term warranty. But the question is not just what is the customer initial, like what do the documents say, but what does the person who's closing the loan Mm -hmm. say to the customer verbally beyond what's in the documents? What does the the salesperson say on the lot that is outside the documents? Because that complicates the whole process. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the first things we'll be doing working with this client is we got to, we got to bring that to a stop. We got to, and we got to find a way to make sure we've got, we're making suggestions, but we got to find ways to make sure that the, the customer hears the same thing. Every customer hears the same thing. And that helps us. If I'm the dealer, it helps me to, to stand my ground, be held, hold the customer accountable to what was the understanding because part of what we teach in white hat ways we're you know we're gonna honor what we Mm do right we're gonna we're going to make sure we fulfill what was promised you know Mm -hmm. and so we hope that that's specific and in writing and then we're going to also ask the customer to fulfill their side of responsibility so this is kind of it all everything we would talk about in the context of weos and after sale repairs and that whole Mm -hmm. process tightening it all up it's gonna all kind of go back to this thing about holding the customer accountable yeah and and your team accountable yeah too because yeah. it's you know the we owe the post-sale repairs all of that that's a pretty big policy yeah, sure i mean it's a pretty it's it's a big policy that any mm-hmm. every dealer should have and so it's the dealers determine what it is that your policy is and yeah. put it in writing because it's really a dangerous slope if you don't have one and you just kind of let people do what they're going to do and you have maybe a little bit of a verbal and how awesome is it when um, a, a team member promises something that you're like, we're not doing that. Yeah. And then you've got to either honor something that you don't want to honor mm-hmm. or you've got to backtrack yeah. with the salesperson and the customer sure. and that that's a hard place to put yourself. Yeah. So. And it's avoidable. Like mm-hmm. it's just something that we can address. And, and I think 
it can be done at closing. So regardless mm-hmm. of what the salesperson might have said on the lot to the customer in the interest of promising to get the, get them in the building, get them signed the contract, whatever, regardless of what promises were made out there as a salesperson, we should be able to undo that at the time of some Hopefully contract Hopefully you don't have signing. to because it doesn't look very good when yeah, you have to undo something. Yeah, and so something. I think yeah. this, so you want to address that in the context of how you, what would you say to the customer at the time of closing in order to nullify and, and undo, just let's mm-hmm. get it on the table. If you were promised anything prior to signing this contract in this document, let's talk about it. What were you promised? Well, mm-hmm. the, well, the salesperson said, if I bought this car, I was going to get some new floor mats or window tint or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. You know, is so it's not in here. So, so yeah. got to address it now because it's always my preference that I want to be able to hold the customer accountable to the understanding because mm-hmm. I'm a, again, I'm prepared to do my part. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask the customer to do their part. And I had a conversation with a client yesterday. I'm, you want to read this? Okay, uh, Tyler Simmons, um, implied warranties are a big issue. Regardless of how on point your docs are at signing, it is still going to cost you loads of money to defend yourself in court. Don't let your sales associates oversell Mm -hmm. the customer on what is documented already. That is a, that can be a problem. Um, that, and and so that's, that's kind of ties into be very clear about what it is that you, you will and will not do and make sure that your salespeople are trained on that and audit. If you need to audit, make sure that they're, they're saying, because if you've got people coming up and saying, well, so-and-so said such and such, that is worthy of a conversation. <clears throat> so this uh, to speak to Tyler's thing, mm-hmm. like I, I think I think most of what we're talking about here, we can avoid being in court. So Tyler's thinking in terms of you know legal protection, that's appropriate. Absolutely. It's just I'm thinking that this is about how to navigate the thing internally very consistently, so that because I think where we have a problem in court is when we've done it for one and mm-hmm. not done it for another. That's just true across collections mm-hmm. and all of other aspects of our business. So you know it starts to look like favoritism, and that can get messy. So. So we want to be super consistent. We want to hold the customer accountable to whatever the understanding is. And look, we, we covered in a couple of things that kind of themes that run through all this for me. And we covered it in our conversation, I think on Wednesday. And I know that it's mm-hmm. come up with some clients in recent weeks. We've got some dealers, by the way, using that uh, buyers and sellers pledge that mm-hmm. we introduced weeks ago. Yeah. And one of the things that that form does is it says we will, it, it's, it's, language I've always toyed with. It's like, we will always honor understandings that are put in writing. If I Mm -hmm. just stop there and say nothing more then you, what is inferred is that I don't necessarily promise to honor anything that's said verbally. verbally. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I really, I'm trying to make sure this is what I talk about with undo. Mm -hmm. Let's undo whatever might've been said verbally. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure we're on the same page with the customer at the time we sign the agreement, because I think it goes back to the whole white hat thing about good fences. It's like when we have good fences and a clear understanding, when we start, mm-hmm. then we can maintain a long relationship. What and is we the honor premise? and we repair that fence. What is the That's, promise? Yeah, what, what is the, the yeah. premise of the, mm-hmm. of the good fence thing? Keep in mind, I grew up in, you know, farm country. I grew up on a little ranch and we had neighbors across a barbed wire fence. And so, you know, when you have a clear boundary and you have a clear understanding, then, you know, as long as people honor those, those boundaries and, and fulfill, you know, what was the understanding people get along just great for the longest time. Mm -hmm. It's when those boundaries start to get fuzzy and people start to encroach, you know, that it starts to get 
to be a problem. So this fits with the conversation I was having with a client just this week about how they have an exorbitant amount of after sale repairs and they have a short term warranty. So some of those things are going to be covered under warranty, but it's like in working through that with them and talking mm-hmm. about how do you solve that? How do you fix that? Well, <laughs> I got two things. Go ahead, but yeah. Sure. If you've got an exorbitant amount of after sale repairs, how well are your cars being reconditioned? Well, that's especially if that's happening early, right? Yeah, if you're if having that early. come up in the first yeah. because if it's, if it's a year later, that is a, di- a different conversation to have internally. But yeah. and mm-hmm. so there's two two pieces I want to get back to. One is the other thread that lies under this is the, this idea across customer service in other industries. We all mm-hmm. hear, have heard this thing about the customer's always right, customer's always right. So we have to be super specific about how we it's not that we're it's not in the approach that we're recommending that we're going to have customers end up happy, unhappy, at least not for very long. They could be unhappy. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. always going to be unhappy when somebody tells them what they don't want to hear. Well, and, and you, you rephrase it. Uh, Cause if you just like face value, say the customer's always right. I have to do what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, but I love how Jim has rephrased that is the customer's rea- the customer's reality is your reality. I mean, it's like the, what, what the customer thinks, yeah, the perception what, what is the your reality. Is what and we, so the, that, that changes what it is that we have to, to address yeah. is their perception and not, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And how we handle this when you're, when you're an established right. business yeah. is, is tricky. Like mm-hmm. one of the ways that I've always done this and we got a client, this client that we're working with has hundreds of accounts already. Mm-hmm. And so the approach for me is always, look, let's, let's, let's close this. Let's stop this bleeding first, which is any new deliveries we do after a certain date, we're going to have those, they'll have the language the way we want it. We're going to be very consistent. Mm-hmm. We're going to handle them the same way after delivery. So regardless of what's written on the we owe, then, then you refer to what's on the buyer's guide, what's in any kind of warranty. We're, we're going to honor that. We're going to stick to that. We're going to emphasize that mm-hmm. with the customer. And then we just have to be careful. Then we have to be prepared to commit to this idea. So again, all contracts going forward is we're going to hand them all the same way. And we're not going to do for one customer what we wouldn't do for every customer. Mm-hmm. And now that means you can, you can have some customers unhappy for a little bit. I mean, when I tell them, yeah, unfortunately that's out of warranty, your warranty expired two weeks ago. And so this is going to be your financial responsibility as we talked about. doesn't mean we won't help you. So this is an important thing to say, like, and, and so it gets wrapped into, um, the whole thing. And so I, I stop there. I don't say mm-hmm. how we're help them because actually the remedies might vary on mm-hmm. a case by case basis. Dealers what the are all different. Yeah. Well, and the customer yeah. status is different. Like yeah. in other words, what they're eligible for might vary well, and, and what the dealer offers i mean some yeah. some places it's a it's a as is and mm-hmm. so you you deal with um you know are, are you holding firm to your as is and some of them have warranties and service contracts and things like that that they they can lean into when it's something that's not just you know shortly after delivery but yeah, yeah. and i think another way that i would try to assert the language. And and if I were training and working with a new dealer, which we are, we got a brand new dealer starting soon and we're working with this dealer that's well-established. And I think the way I would say this, and I would replace the phrase, the customer's always right with something along the line is of the customer is always financially responsible for those things that I did not take responsibility for in writing. The end. The customer is always financially responsible mm-hmm. for those things that I did not promise in writing to fulfill in the, in the, in the agreement. 
So it's, that's what it should be. Right. And so, so I want you, as many of you, as you hear that say, Oh, but Jim, Jim, like you got to ask yourself how much of that is you as the dealer mm-hmm. making an exception and breaking <clears throat> practices. And, and when you start making those exceptions, what's the basis? Why, why would you agree to make an exception for this one customer? Cause they're a little more unhappy. I mean, so, so that doesn't that create a precedent where the long, the more I stomp around and the more noise I make, the, the more help I'm going to get. That's not a pattern of precedent that we want to create in our business. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, we have to, we have to be able to draw that line and, and make sure that, so keep in mind, everything I'm suggesting here does not mean we're going to end up with a bunch of unhappy customers. I did tell my client the other day, it's got hundreds of accounts. So when we implement this policy at the 1st of January, you're going to limit your after sale repairs. You may see a few more charge offs, but we're going to get this. We're going to get a lid and, on and this. It's, and, and when you have habitually had a practice of that, it, yeah. it will take some retraining of your team and the customer and all the practices that i'm recommending mm-hmm. to everything that we try to implement we are never asking a customer to do something unreasonable and you know if 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 you really want to it's like i want to be able to support the customer through this entire contract we, we can then, should. then then we have things that we can put into place that will help with that that don't make it your personal financial responsibility to, uh, as a dealer to do mm-hmm. it, but it's there are safeguards and safety nets. Are, there's a lot there's of products limits. out there that can help you support them. And I know we really encourage dealers to have those kind of products. If if you plan on supporting, then have the products. If yeah. you're a, if you're a as is, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're faced with side notes and I'm not Mm hundred percent sure on this. Like we, we Mm -hmm. try not to be attorneys out here and we don't know the, the UCC stuff across the country, but I would say that, um, I'm not sure every state can do side notes, side loans. I know that Mm -hmm. some states are not allowed. Most states are not allowed to charge interest on side Mm -hmm. notes. Okay. So, so there's all this stuff to figure out exactly how you would support the customer can vary in your Mm -hmm. state and in your, your own uh, practices. But I would just first say, let's, let's make sure we get super consistent in those practices and that we can show that we don't, we don't do it for one, if we're not prepared to do it for everybody. And we, we can ultimately make the customer happy. Okay. So we can, we can, we have ways to solve the customer, solve the customer's problem, get them back on the road. That's not what we're saying. We're, Mm -hmm. but the question is how do we do that? And do I pay for it? Do I, as a dealer, accept financial responsibility for it? And if so, why, if we're doing this context of customer service, it just scares me. And I'm not an attorney, but as a former business owner, current business owner, Mm -hmm. I think I just, I like good fences. I don't, why would I, why would I make an exception and do, because I, I know people try to make this idea. Well, I want to see the customer happy and I want to have good things to say, but I, okay. Yeah. But where does that end? Mm-hmm. You did it today and yeah, you're going to have them sign a little goodwill thing. And it's a one-time thing. Is it really a one-time thing? Will you do it again in two months if the customer has a different problem? It's, so yeah. it's like, you know, you yeah. just sort of nullify the stuff. And so I think this is why I like clear boundaries, I like to see the customer held accountable to what is their responsibility. And again, doesn't mean we won't help and support them in plenty of ways. Yeah. Lots of ways. We can get payment relief. We can help them save money on parts. We can help save money on labor. There's all Mm -hmm. kinds of ways we can help. But it's like the point is all those things that are all today we're to talk about WEOs. And we'll come back and talk specifically about the WEO document and the point of at the point of closing. But I think 
all of these conversations have to be anchored in this idea. Are mm-hmm. we going to hold the customer accountable or not? And so that's, that's really what makes it difficult. And I'm just going to tell you, we can solve a lot of this by just making a decision to hold the customer accountable to what is theirs. We will quickly fulfill what is our responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we do. So mm-hmm. especially as a white hat dealer, we're going to quickly fulfill what we promise to do. And we're going to ask the customer to do the same thing. And so uh-huh. this is kind of where, where I'm coming from. So back to WEO. So the WEO document, for those not familiar, is just basically a document that's included in most every sales bundle, retail deal, buy here, pay here deal. And it basically says, if you're promised anything after delivery, it should be listed on this document you know, in a simple way to think about mm-hmm. it. It's like, if, if there's anything that we owe you after delivery, it should be right here. So if I promised to get you a free oil change in a month, or if I promised you free tire rotation, mm-hmm. that's not in the other documents, then it, it goes on the, we owe. And mm-hmm. so, you know, in my, and I've told the story plenty of times, the very first buy here, pay here deal I did as a manager. Went off to training, came back and was managing the store and had customers coming in shopping. And the very first customer that came up is, and was buying an old minivan. And he's, he said, I would buy that van if you would get the windows tinted. And keep in mind, I worked for like two and a half years in the retail franchise world before stepping different, on the buy here parallel. Different, different, different world. Yeah. And, and I came out of my mouth when he said, um, you know, get the windows tinted. I said, sure, we'd do that. And I was, I probably hadn't even written the WIO yet. And I'm like, why did I do that? What? <laughs> I could have just because adjusted. The, I could have adjusted the price. I could yep, have adjusted the down payment, yep. let them go handle it themselves. I would say that it's like, it's because the mentality in, in um, regular retail is you get the sale, you get people happy and on their way and mm-hmm. on their way and on their way. And that, you know, when you sell something regular retail, you don't, when someone, um, it, it's a very different relationship. The loan mm-hmm. is not with you. The loan is with the bank. Sure. And, and it's just, it's just a very different kind of relationship. Yeah. And usually the salespeople are commissioned based on how many they close and da, 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 da. Yeah. And so it's like, do what you need to do to close the sale. Say yeah. what, you know, that that's kind of, thing. kind of the sales mentality. I think this mm-hmm. is, you know, it's different I always remember years ago yeah. in South Texas, I was with a dealer and I said, you know, there's, there's some inherent problems between having the sales department and the collection department separated, right? When you're, when you have mm-hmm. a, their separate department, like there's some inherent problems. He looked at me like, boy, that's an understatement. You uh-huh. know, it's like, there's some problems there. So salespeople are salespeople and they want to promise to get the deal done and probably they have a commission writing on it, whatever. So I think this is why these documents become so, so critical. And I just think we, we have an opportunity when we close these deals to, to, put a lid on a lot of this stuff. And, and so the way we do it is exactly those things we're talking about. So let me also offer this, cause I know we would have talked about this in the past, but I know not everybody sees every episode and I'm not even sure where to tell them to find the thing we talked about before, but this idea that, um, when we write a, we owe, I would just ask, because we also hear a lot of dealers talk about how behind they are in their service department. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So, Here's an opportunity to not bring service work back into your own building. Okay. So let's, let's, let's break this one down pretty carefully. Cause I've, I did this very successfully in my career. I mean, I, I almost never had anything on a WIO document. Why? Because I made sure it was done before the car was ever delivered. So and that was in recon. And so mm-hmm. I always challenge my dealers that are new. Let's, let's try to set up our business in a way that every single WIO can say nothing promised after delivery. 
So how would you do that? Well, one, you would make sure your cars were well conditioned before they went on the lot, that they were ready and you'd gone as far as you're going to go. Then if a customer says, look, I would buy that car if you would put a new battery in it, you know, that battery cables look a little corroded or whatever the terminals a little corroded. So if you just put a new battery in it, I would buy it. So tell you what I'll do. I will just, what if we just adjusted Battery's going to run you hundred, $150. What if I just adjusted from the selling price of the car, $150 and you just arrange the battery, the battery's fine. Starting the car. Now, if you want to just arrange a battery at your convenience, you can go buy a battery at your convenience. I'll adjust it from the price. Oh, no, no, I don't have the cash. Well, okay. What if I adjust it from your down payment? $150. And we'll just, instead of you doing a thousand, we'll do $850 today. What a much less expensive way. Well, and it doesn't tie up my service department. Yeah, it doesn't tie up your service department. The customer can get that battery done at their own convenience at the shop of their choosing. And I'm done. Like my, my part is fulfilled. I don't have anything in my service department that's keeping me from reconditioning my cars that are, you know, coming to the lot. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, I'm un, I'm unencumbered. I'm un, I'm not tethered. I don't have that customer coming in for an appointment. And then I don't have the customer sitting back there unhappy because what should have taken 45 minutes to do a battery, they're still there after two hours. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's just, why, why would I bring that on myself? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that's a way that we can start to with a, we owe, I would just challenge all my dealers to just say, what would it take for you to make sure every, we owe said nothing promised after delivery. And so, so when we do that, then if you can get there and you can, you can, because because alternatively, you could help that customer choose another car that doesn't have corroded terminals. Well, and you know it, I mean? it's an interesting thing that you talk about is like taking it off the down payment. Mm-hmm. That if you know if you're someone that has done WEOs an awful lot in the past, that that's a cheaper way in time and resources mm-hmm. to be able to get the the, the customer taken care of. And because it, it's going to come, if, if you're someone that fixes everything, it's going to come out of your pocket anyway. That's really my point. Yeah. So it's just, it's, you know, and, and maybe it's a little cheaper for me to do the battery or whatever, but it's, I think we're missing the point if we think mm-hmm. that way, because yeah, I might, I might be costing myself a few bucks by adjusting the down payment 150, but I'm also saving myself a whole lot of headaches. What's mm-hmm. it worth to not have that customer sitting in your service department waiting for that battery install? Of course, some of us want to introduce the customers to our service department. And I'm simply saying there's plenty of opportunity for that. Mm -hmm. That customer would be back in three months with something else is like, but, but this is an area where we sometimes bring work on ourselves that is avoidable. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where I just say, just, I would challenge dealers to just make them all say nothing promised. Well, and I, I, um, it's, it's just something that came into my mind about, you know, uh, it, let's take it off the down payment is that it really does help the, the salespeople um, be be cognizant and aware of what it is that they are promising or, you know, what it is that they're doing. Um, Because with a lot of dealers, commissions are, are based on down payment. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, you can take it out of the down payment guys Mm kind of thing. You can take it out of the down payment. If, if, if you feel like it needs to, and it's what's going to close the thing, take it out of the down payment. And it's, it's, it'll, it'll place the burden on the salespeople to not overpromise 
um, and then not cost the dealership a lot of money. In well, the process. yeah, and I, I think I would first, I don't know if you picked up, I first offered to take it off of the selling price because that, mm -hmm. the, that way we were able to hold the full down payment, which helps us from a cash mm -hmm. standpoint. I would always offer to take it off the selling price first. And I would say based on my own experience, mm -hmm. probably two thirds of the time taking it off of the selling price was suitable for the customer and you just reduce the price and you make a note. Like if I did that, I would write because we get ourselves in trouble by discounting in a buy here, payer environment. So if we just were very specific on the buyer's order, there's a $150 price adjustment customer buying their own battery. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it explains why we did the adjustment and it solves the thing about the bottleneck in our service department for next week when the customer's trying to get an appointment and come back in. And so this is where we can solve headaches. Yeah. This is where we can tie up things in a nice little bow, you know, before they, when the customer takes delivery. And I think, uh, again, I think you'll find we, none of us really want to take it out of the down payment. We'd rather have the full down payment, but, um, but if you have to, it's, I would ask you, isn't it the same money? You're going to, you're going yeah. to keep the 150 from the customer and then you're going to spend 150 for a battery in your service department and you're going to have all that time tied up. And so I would just say, let's, let's, let's look at that and try not to, to get ourselves mm -hmm. tied up in all that. And, uh, and again, we, we know the outcome can be customers still be happy. And, and again, we understand that probably at the time that we're telling them no, because their warranty expired, mm -hmm. they're, they're unhappy for a bit. And we're going to have to get better at having those conversations and helping the customer kind of get past that. But at the end, aren't we really just asking them to do something reasonable? We're asking them to do what was agreed. Mm -hmm. That's all we're doing. We're asking them to do what was agreed. And if we're, if we can't get better at, having those conversations then we're going to have a lot of after sale repairs. Absolutely. And so I think this is where we, we want to try to start to solve some of that, but. Well, um, if there's anything that we can help you with, there's two ways to get in touch with Jim. And this is like a direct one of his Jim at whitehatway.com. And which is kind of like a little introduction teaser for where we're going with, um, octane and all of that. Yep. And then the other one is, uh, uh, you can call or text at 903-816-0216. If there's something that we can help you with or like put you yep. on the right path of where to go, um, feel free to give us a, give us, when I say us, they're reaching out to, yeah, <laughs> to Jim directly. Yeah. But um, if they ask yeah. a question, I can't answer, I'll forward it to you soon. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah that, that works. Because everybody but. knows you're the smart one around here. We, <laughs> you know. No, I'm just the one that, that handles the board. Oh, podcast so. so all right Thanks, everybody folks. merry christmas merry christmas enjoy your uh, mm -hmm. christmas eve and on your Sunday holiday and, and those of you who are, are um, observing hanukkah and solstice and and um it's like there's yeah all sorts of stuff look so, for that pre-recorded episode yeah. on monday and again we, we understand you probably won't see it on monday morning but you're going to want to find this one it's pretty important stuff yeah. have a great rest of your weekend Thanks, and then we will see you live on wednesday yep